Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We want to be a place where you can own your faith and take next steps in your relationship with Jesus. Maybe your next step is to seek out a community and join a movement group. Maybe it's supporting movement financially for the first time or using your gifts on a volunteer team. Whatever God is calling you to do, our prayer is that you will step out in faith and let Him lead you. For more information about your next step, please visit movementcolumbus.com. How are we doing this morning? Doing all right? Okay. Uh, I was talking to someone this morning, and they told me that they were an introvert, and I was like, all right, well, that's not a problem I have. So uh, I, I just wanted to tell you all, as an extrovert, I look around the room, and I saw like people I don't know, and I feel this burden where I'm like, I can't meet them all and talk to them all, and I just wanted you to know that that's what goes on in the head uh, of an extrovert. So if you're here for the first time, if you've been hanging out for a while... Uh, welcome. I would love if you uh, come up and, and find me and talk to me. And if I'm talking to someone else, I don't know who that other person is right now. So let's just say that I like you more than them and you can interrupt that conversation. All right. If you're the other person, I apologize for saying that. Okay. Uh, all right. It's getting awkward. So I'll stop. Hey, we're, uh, we're in the third week of our series called Definition. Uh, some people hear uh, this this excuse me, this series, and you you probably think of like the the definition of a word, uh, dictionary definition. Some people see definition like our graphic there, and you you see some some guys flexing, and you think of adding uh, definition to your muscles. Uh, Our goal uh, is is that both of those are are correct. We're having a conversation and talking about the outline, the boundaries, the shape, and the DNA that we have as a church. Uh, Obviously, a little over a year ago, the world kind of stopped, and a lot of things were reset, and we uh, stopped meeting for a while. And so as we uh, regather and, and meet again, we want to make sure that we still have the same outline and direction and DNA that we, we've always had as a church that we believe uh, is important, and we want to make sure that that definition can define us and, and help us grow forward. So uh, we want to continue that conversation today. So if you've, if you've got a Bible, you can uh, open that up. We're going to be uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning. If you don't have a Bible, there's probably one under your seat you can grab there. Uh, there's a copy you'll see. You can fight with the person next to you. There's one every other seat. So Maybe you can share that with your spouse, or maybe you can meet your spouse if you just want to hold a Bible with the person next to you. So I got dad jokes today. Pay attention, guys. It's going to be a lively morning. It's going to be a lively morning. So, all right. Uh, but we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 27, and we want to have a conversation this morning about spiritual gifts and specifically about serving. It's on page 877, page 877, 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 7, I'll read it aloud. You can follow along and, and take some notes if, if things stand out to you, if you're inspired. Verse 7, 877 says this. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives <clears throat> the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Well, we'll pause there and get to the uh, second half of that passage, but I think there's just some things that we want to draw out and some things we want to talk about and some things that are clear for us as the church 
this morning. And one of those things, if you're a note taker, you can write this down, but each of us has been given a spiritual gift. Verse seven kind of says that pretty plainly. I think that some of us hear that and we're like, yeah, duh. Uh, some, of us, some of us are very aware of that. We know that. But for others, that might be the first time that you've ever been told, hey, you're special and you have gifts. Some of us have grown up in, in families and in situations where we're constantly being affirmed and we're being encouraged and people are spotting our gifts and, and telling us to use them. And some of us have grown up in situations where we've never been told that we have a gift, where no one's ever said, hey, you have value and you can contribute. And so I want you to know this morning that, that I'm saying that on behalf of God, on behalf of scripture, you have value and you can contribute. Each of us has been given a spiritual gift. Now, there's, there's some gifts there that are listed. There's a couple different places in Scripture where gifts are listed, and sometimes that can be a confusing thing. Sometimes that can be something where we're like, so do I have to have one of those gifts or all of those gifts? I believe that there are a lot of gifts that God gives and a lot of gifts that God uses. And so if you are the kind of person that's like, I don't know what my gifts are. I don't think I have any gifts. Write this down. You can go to giftstest.com. Don't worry, there's no, there's, I don't get like a percentage of the money if you go to giftstest.com, right? Just something that we know about. You can go to giftstest.com, answer like 20 questions, and they will basically say, hey, based on the way you answered this, we think these are your gifts. Now, this is not a perfect science, but if you're wondering, what are my spiritual gifts? What are my gifts? You can go there, you can check that out, but it's affirming each of us has been given a spiritual gift. Sound good? All right. Here's another thing that you can know from this. The purpose of our gifts is helping each other. I don't know how it could be more plainly said than a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. But in case if you were wondering, are our gifts given to help each other? Yes, they absolutely are. Your gifts can encourage people outside of the church. They might show someone Jesus for the first time. They may see Jesus in the way that you encourage them, the way that you bless them, the way that you use your gifts. And your gifts can absolutely, certainly, definitely bless and build and grow people inside of the church. I mean, if we were to go around and say, hey, uh, if, if a Christian has ever encouraged you, raise your hand. I can't imagine that someone wouldn't put their hand up. Might be a family member, might be someone you went to church with, might be someone that led you to the Lord, might be someone that discipled you, but we have all experienced the spiritual gifts of others encouraging us. You might be thinking like, yeah, I've got some gifts, but my gift is nothing special. It's not a big deal. I'm not sure if I want to use it. I don't know if I want to talk about it. I don't want people to see it. Well, that's not really up to us, if I'm, if I'm being honest. And so here's another thing that you can learn from verse 11. We've already said that each of us has been given a spiritual gift. The purpose of our gifts is helping each other. Well, know this. Our spiritual gifts are given to us by the Holy Spirit. Our spiritual gifts are given to us by the Holy Spirit. When we surrender our lives to Jesus, we are told that we are given the Holy Spirit, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is going to walk with us and be with us and help us live this Christian life. And one of the ways that that happens is that the Spirit gives each of us a gift. Now, some of us are really bad at receiving gifts. Maybe you're from a family that didn't buy gifts all the time, and so you're like, what does that mean? What do I do? Well, here's, here's something that I think is pretty obvious when you get a gift. You should be grateful. You should be grateful for that gift. You didn't have to get a gift. You got a gift, and we should be grateful for that gift and for our gifts. And we should feel responsible to do something with that gift. This isn't about shame. I hope that this is something that we're inspired by. But when someone gets you a gift, you want to use that gift. 
And this isn't like when your mother-in-law buys you a sweater at Christmas that's all scratchy and has like the most awkward pattern in the world on it. You don't want to wear it. This is a gift that matters. This is a gift that encourages people and inspires people. And this is a gift that can change the world. And so I hope we feel a responsibility to manage our gift, to use our gift. I hope that we can feel grateful for the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. Here's something else you can write down. The Holy Spirit decides what gift we should have. The Holy Spirit does not just give our gifts, but those gifts have been done with structure and design in mind. So some of us look at our gifts and we think like, oh, my gifts are nothing special. I couldn't help but think that as I was down there. Did anyone notice that the harmony on the first song was like the greatest harmony in the history of our church, right? I was sitting there and I'm like, man, do I not have that gift? I like to think I'm an above average vocalist, but I was like, are they using auto-tune? Like that is, it's literally perfect. Sometimes we, we see people on stage and we think like, oh, I don't have that gift. My gift doesn't matter. My gift's not a, a special one that people see. It's not, it's not this, this gift that's on a platform or a stage. And here's the honest truth. When we say that and we think that, we're wrong. And honestly, we're insulting the Holy Spirit who has given us our gifts. If he wanted me to have the voice of an angel, he would have given me the voice of an angel. If he wanted us to, to have certain gifts, he, he could have done that. Some of us, he said, I want you to have the gift of empathy. I want you to have the gift of serving. I want you to, to be able to relate to people. I want you to be able to counsel people. I want you to just be able to move furniture because people need furniture moved. I want you to have the heart of a servant. And we need to realize that the Holy Spirit decides what gift we should have. And it's not an accident when he gives us a gift. It's not a mistake. There's not super spiritual gifts in other gifts, at least not in God's economy. That's a distinction that we create in our mind. That's a distinction that we create sometimes when we're believing the lies that Satan's whispering in our ear. Hey, your gift's not that special. Hey, no one needs your gift. Hey, your gift doesn't really matter. Those are not things that we see in Scripture when we look at how the Holy Spirit gifts us. God wants us to have the gifts that we have. God wants you to be the person that you are. We get to respond to that. Let's keep reading here. Verse 12, it says this. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, some of us are free, some of us are redheads. Just kidding, I'm seeing if you guys are paying attention, all right? But there are redheads in the body of Christ, just so we're clear, all right? But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But your bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it, only, if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together, 
such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. There's so much truth there as our gifts are being talked about and as this concept of the body of Christ is being unpacked. Here's something that we can know from verse 12. The body of Christ is made up by everyone in the church and our gifts. There are some phrases that I think we use sometimes in the church and we just like throw them out there and we think that people understand them and know them. Here's one that I'm guilty of. I always say that I I really like church planting and I'm a church planter and people hear that and people are like, they literally think like, so there's farming involved in what you do? Or like, what are you doing? And I, I think it's natural. I'm like, no, we plant seeds. We start churches from scratch. And some people don't know those terms. Some people don't know the term, the body of Christ. But I think you've seen this imagery here in this passage. And so just know that when the church is functioning as it should be, when there's all of the people that are in this room now and all the people that make up Movement Church and the, the greater church around the world, we're different people. We're not the same. And our gifts are not the same. And so when you add multiple different people together and multiple different gifts together, you have the body of Christ. And this imagery in this passage is saying that not every part is the same and not every gift is the same and not every function is the same, but together we represent a full picture of what God wants us to see and what God wants us to have as a church. The body of Christ is made up by everyone in the church and our gifts. So here's something that you can know as you read that phrase. There's an implied purpose there. If we're all a part of the body of Christ, then we all have a role and we all have a purpose. You've probably heard this before, but if someone were to remove your big toe, you wouldn't be able to balance. You wouldn't be able to stand. Sometimes we look at certain gifts and we look at certain parts of the body and we think like, well, that's probably got a purpose, but it's not that important. And yet this is telling us that every part contributes. Every part has a purpose. Every part has design and every part has value to God. Verse 12 says, the body of Christ has many different parts. And we can read that and we think like, yeah, that's good. That sounds good. Sounds, yeah, it sounds like something that would be in the Bible, something a pastor would say at church. That's cool. But the word different means that your gifts will not look like the gifts of other people. And your passions will not look like the passions of other people. And your awareness will not look like the awareness of other people. That video that we just watched talking about Haiti, some of you in the room are like writing down that email address because you're like, I've been seeing these news stories and I'm burdened for Haiti. I have to get involved. I want to, I want to have impact in Haiti because I have a heart for people around the world. There are other people in this room that are watching that and they're like, that's cool. I love Haiti. I love, I love what our church is doing. There's some people that notice certain things and there are some people that notice other things and that's okay because God designed us to be different as we represent the fullness of God. As we function like his body, we're going to have different gifts. We're going to notice different things. That's okay. That's how he made us. That's how he designed us. Verse 13 makes it pretty clear. The body of Christ is unified because we share the same spirit. The spirit who gives us our gifts, the Holy Spirit. We've talked in some very positive ways that there are differences, different people, different gifts, different awareness, different representation. 
Sometimes we hear the word different and we think divided. But we're told that these gifts are given with purpose by God's design and so we should be unified. We should be unified in our response to the Holy Spirit. If we believe the Holy Spirit has given us our gifts, if we believe the Holy Spirit has called us to use those gifts, if we believe those gifts honor him, then we're unified. I mean, you read in that passage, sometimes we think like, well, I'm the hand. What, what do I have in common with the nose? Well, you can pick each other, first of all. That's, okay, I'll stop. All right, right? What does the hand have in common with the food? We think like, oh, that's one gift. This is another. I have nothing in common with that person. We have everything in common. We have our Lord in common. We have in common that we've been given a gift and we're responding to God's goodness. We're managing our gift. We're showing our gift and using our gift to glorify God and to encourage his body and to build his body. So what do we have in common? We have everything in common. Now, there might be moments that we think like, I don't understand that person. I don't understand their gift. I don't understand their passions. I don't understand their personality. I don't know why that introvert won't talk to me or I don't know why that extrovert won't stop talking to me. I don't get that person, but we have everything in common in Christ. I promise you that and scripture supports that. The body of Christ is unified because we share the same spirit. So don't be alarmed if you don't look and function like other people. Just know that they can see God in you and you can see God in them. Just know that you're encouraging each other and you're unified by the same spirit. You have the same DNA. You ever go to a a family reunion or a family Christmas and you look at like a certain cousin and you're like, I do not know where, who that guy is, right? Or sometimes you might go to a family party and think like, I'm the one that doesn't fit in here, but you have the same DNA, There are points where your stories overlap and your stories crisscross. That's what it is for us. We share the same spirit. We love the same God. We love and honor the same God and work for the same God. Here's something that verse 24 tells us. Every part of the body of Christ is significant. God built us just how he wants us. We've kind of already talked about that a little bit, but I think in this imagery of the body, it's good for us to know this. It's good for us to see that the body was gifted and designed and functions just as God wants it. Because some of us are tempted to think, oh, I don't, I don't belong. Or, oh, I, I don't know if, if the body needs my gift. I don't know if my gift is important. You belong because we share the same spirit. Your body and your, your, part of, your gift is needed in the body because Scripture says that. Some of us look at the gifts of others and we think like, well, okay, they might need my gift, but it's not as important as that person's gift. It's not as big of a deal as that person's gift. Your gift is important. You belong. Your gift is needed. And you encourage and help people as we all use our gifts together. There's one more point. We should provide dignity and honor and harmony as we care for each other. These verses 24 and 25 were pretty clear that when we're functioning as we should, when we're using our gifts as we should, we should be caring for each other and honoring each other and esteeming each other, and encouraging each other, and building each other up, and we should be able to see a a more clear picture of Christ because we're unified under one spirit. 
But I'm sure we could go around the room and say, hey, has anyone ever felt that another Christian robbed their dignity or, or didn't honor them or didn't create harmony in the group that they were a part of? And we could all probably go around and say, yeah, I was hurt by this Christian or this person who can't claim Christ. I, I used to go to this church and they kicked my family out. Or Unfortunately, there are stories of hurt and there are stories of people not living this out. And I'm, I'm sorry to anyone who has experienced that. That's not God's design and that's not God's function. But we're humans and, and people mess up. But know this, when the body of Christ is functioning as it should, when people are recognizing their gifts and surrendering their gifts and using their gifts and giving their gifts, we should be adding dignity to one another. We should be adding honor to one another and we should be creating harmony that we can see and experience in the church. That's very clear in scripture. Some of us have, have been hurt. Some of us have experienced pain and loss and, and we're not sure how we feel about the church or about using gifts. Some of us feel like we've been taken advantage of. And as I said, I'm, I'm sorry that people have experienced that. I think it's important for us to know that sometimes one of the ways that we can heal is to use our gifts again. I know that it's important for, for many people to have boundaries. They might say, I've been, I've been hurt using this gift before, and I'm not sure I want to open myself up to pain like that. Sometimes you have to, to just dip your toe in the water and say, all right, I'm going, to, I'm going to explore this again. I'm going to use this gift again and see how this is. But I think one of the best ways that we can figure out our gifts or heal in our gifts is to begin serving again. To say, I know that I'm gifted. I know that I, I want to encourage and love others. And the best way that I can do that is in, in my gifting. It might not be perfect. It might take me a while to adjust and to trust people again. But I'm going to use my gifts and surrender my gifts and give my gifts. Some of us haven't been hurt by Christians or the church. And so our function in the body of Christ is to make sure that those who have been hurt know this. How can we recognize the gifts of others? How can we see the gifts of others and encourage those gifts? How can we honor people? How can we encourage people? How can we say, I see your gift. I value your gift. I value you. And you have a place here. And you have a role here. And you make us better. You make me better. I see God in you when you serve. Some of us need to hear that. And many of us need to say that. We should provide dignity and honor and harmony as we serve. I mean, those verses said, if one part suffers, we all suffer. And if one part is honored, we're all honored. And so when we see someone suffering around us, we should be able to pick them up and say, what's wrong? We should be able to, to lift their spirits and say, hey, let me pray with you. Let me pray for you. What can I do to help you out this week? And as people are honored, as people are recognized, we're all honored and recognized. I was joking about the greatest harmony in the history of our church. I don't know who set up the stage today, but I hope that you feel honored because these people wouldn't look as cool if they didn't have a stage, right? Their, their sound system wouldn't be plugged in. Their mics wouldn't be working. We're all honored when the body is functioning as it should and is encouraging people as it should. And so it's our job to, to know when people are suffering and to take care of them and to encourage others 
and make sure that we're all encouraged when the body is doing its job. Bodies aren't an accident. Bodies aren't lifeless blobs. Bodies work and have purpose. So to say that we're the body of Christ does not just mean that we're just like a random beanbag chair that sits over in the corner. Bodies walk and breathe and circulate blood. They have feeling. Bodies operate with purpose, and we're the body of Christ. And so if we're going to recognize our gifts and recognize the gifts of others and encourage the gifts of others, we need to know that it's our job to operate with purpose and to accomplish tasks and to work to stay alive and encourage others. Here's a big idea if you want to write this down, maybe write this in your Bible, or maybe just think through it this week. God gives us spiritual gifts so we can help others. We read a lot, we talked about a lot, we processed a lot today. It's hard to break that down into one small sentence, but I think this is about as good as we can do. God gives us spiritual gifts so we can help others. Every year, my mom gets our family a Christmas present, and I gotta be honest, the present's usually not for me, right? There's always this one envelope, and she's like, there's your, your membership when we were kind of new to parenting, we would uh, often get a membership to the zoo. I like the zoo. Columbus Zoo, it's the best zoo in America. We'd all agree on that. I like animals. Animals are fun. I would probably go to the zoo twice a year, once to see the animals and then once for zoo lights, right? I think most, most dudes in the crowd, that's probably were like, yeah, I can go to the zoo once or twice. But my mom would buy us a membership so that her beautiful grandkids could go to the zoo like every week or every month or sometimes two days in a row if that's what they were feeling like. And, and she was basically giving them a license and say, dad, take us to the zoo. We want to see the goats or whatever, right? And, and so I would have to just go to the zoo and go to the zoo again. And we would say things like, okay, but we're only going to see the monkeys and then we're going to leave, right? Because we were going so often. We used to live up in Powell and we would be at the zoo all the time. And you can tell who has kids in the room because they're like, yep, yep, I hate the zoo. I hate Jack Hanna and I hate the zoo, right? They're just, we're on that same wavelength, right? But my mom, my mom gave us that gift for the kids. She gave that for her grandkids. She didn't give that gift to me. I was kind of the one that facilitated that gift, but that gift was not for me. And that's okay because hopefully there's some overlap that I like to see my kids happy, her grandkids happy. Hopefully I like to see them cared for and encouraged. And I like it when they're not at my house making it messy. So there is some benefit for me if we can get out of the house for a couple hours, right? We're given gifts so we can help others. But here's something that's kind of the the underside of that. It's this, your spiritual gifts are not from you or for you. There's two mistakes that we make when we think and reflect on our spiritual gifts. We often think that we own those gifts. I could call that my zoo pass because I go and get my name put on that card and I show it, but let's be real. I didn't pay for that. That gift is not from me. And your gift, it's not, it's not from you. I'm not saying that to make anyone feel guilty, but but let's just have a real conversation. Your gift is not from you. Your gift is given to you from God. Now the question is, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to honor that gift? Are you going to use that gift for the purpose it was given? Because the other mistake we make is that your gift is not for you. It's not from you or for you. God didn't give you the gift of encouraging people 
so that you could have a career in encouraging people and make a lot of money encouraging people. That might be a byproduct, but he gave you your gift to help others, to encourage others, to bless others. He gave you your gift to build the church and to point people to him and to make his name famous. And so it's our job to recognize, yes, God has given us gifts and we're going to honor him with those gifts. Your spiritual gift is not from you or for you. So how do we, how do we feel knowing all of these things? We should feel grateful and we should feel inspired and we should feel noticed and we should feel seen and we should feel recognized and we should say, God gave me a gift for a purpose and he also gave me his son. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that we could have life. And so I want to honor him with my gifts. I want to use my gifts to bless other people, to encourage other people, to help other people. I want to serve with my gifts for him. And that's a mindset. That's something that we have to change about ourselves sometimes. Because our gift is not just an object. Our gift is not just something that we use sometimes. We should have the mindset to say, I want to serve other people in the name of Jesus with the gift he's given me because I want to help them. Sometimes that happens in day-to-day life. Sometimes that happens in our mindset. That can also happen in the church and through the church. We call Sunday mornings worship, but worship is our response to God. So I hope that these four songs we sing are not the only time that you're responding to God in a week. You should be responding to God when you get your paycheck. And you should be responding to God when you're driving to work and you're praying for people at work that don't know Jesus. And you should be responding to God when you lay your head down at night and when you wake up in the morning. We should be responding to God all the time and worshiping all the time. And we should be serving all the time. But in the same way that we want to have at least some framework that helps us get in a mindset of worship, we sing these four songs on Sunday, these five songs for a reason, we have ability and we have, we have places that you can serve in the church to help us be in that mindset and to help us find our gifts. One of the best places that you can find your spiritual gift is just trying out serving opportunities and saying, what am I passionate about? What am I good at? What can I do? And you'll be able to figure out why God gave you a gift and where God has gifted you and how you can use that to encourage others. God has given us our spiritual gifts to serve and to help others. He didn't do it as an accident. He did it with purpose. And I know that some of us have been hurt, but we need to work to honor God and the gifts he's given us. We need to work to get back into a place where we can say, I'm making sure I have boundaries. I'm making sure that what happened last time or what I'm afraid of won't happen, but I want to use my gift. Some of us have to recognize hurt. Some of us have to get over this hurdle of of saying that we're busy. We've talked about this before, but if you're compelled by the love of Jesus, then your life should look like what scripture asks. And some of us just need to learn to create margin because busyness doesn't stop. When we're in our 20s, we're busy because we're building our career and we're traveling, we're doing these things and we think like, all right, well, when I, when I have kids, my life will be boring and I'll be trapped at home all the time. And then you have kids and you're like, oh, I'm trapped at home all the time and I have no margin. And then we think like, well, when they get a little older, when they get into school, when they get independent, it'll be better. And then they start sports. And then we're like, oh, this is the worst time of my life. It'll get better when they start to drive. And then we have to go get a part-time job to pay for their car insurance. And it's no better when they start to drive and travel. And then they go to college and we have to visit them. We have to do all these things. And we think like, well, I'm an empty 
empty nester. Well, then you start thinking more about the next phase of life. And the next thing you know, you're a grandparent. Life doesn't get slower and margin doesn't happen on accident and serving doesn't happen on accident. So if we know that we're gifted and we know that we're called, we have to create margin and we have to have a mindset to serve and to give right now where we are. I mentioned that we're having this conversation because in some ways we're we're rebuilding some things that used to be the case. I know that there are a lot of new people around Movement Church. There are a lot of people who would say that maybe they stepped away or maybe the last year was a a weird year and we all kind of were were interrupted. And so we've been trying to make it as, as easy as possible for people who would say, yeah, I want to I wanna serve. So I think we, we put a, a QR code up last week and we're going to put it up again. This is not to, to be too shameless, but this is to hopefully create an on-ramp for those that would say, you know what? I have gifts. I want to encourage people. I want to help people. And I want to use those gifts. Every week we have people that come to church early who set up everything we do in this room and everything we do in Movement Kids. We have people who get here early to make coffee and to do first impressions and to usher and help us find seats. We have people that are serving right now in Movement Kids who are holding crying babies and pretending that that's a good idea. It's not, but they think it is because it's their gift, right? There are people who are are teaching my children the gospel right through that wall right now, who are teaching them what it looks like to walk with Jesus. There are many, many different opportunities that you could get involved with, from Movement Kids to first impressions to set up and tear down to our social media team and and lots of other things. And the gateway to all those things is that QR code. You can find that on our website too, under connect and serve. My heart is not to talk people into something. My heart is for us to be the body of Christ and to provide dignity and honor and harmony as we honor the gifts that God has given us. Here's a passage from Philippians. This is, The words of Paul, he says this, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice and I will share that joy. God gives us spiritual gifts so we can help others. Sometimes we, we deny those things. We, we don't recognize those things. We don't offer those things. And when I look at the mindset that scripture talks about, it says that our, our lives and the way we serve should be like a liquid offering. You don't pour out a liquid offering and say like, all right, let me scoop this water back up and put it in the bowl. When you pour out a liquid offering, you're saying I'm comfortable giving this offering because it's not mine. We want movement to be a place where we're comfortable pouring out our gifts, pouring out our lives because we know that we've been gifted to encourage and to help others. Let me pray as we close today. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the way that it's clear, God, that you love us, you design us, and you gift us, not so that we can have careers, not so that we can just be great people, but so that we can honor you and point people to you and build your church. So God, I pray today that you will help us to have that mindset to have the mindset of people who want to serve, people who want to use our gifts, people who want to recognize our gifts and even recognize the gifts of others. God, help us to create dignity and honor and create a culture where we can use our gifts and see our gifts glorify you and help us to help that come about in others. Lord, some of us have confidence and some of us have been affirmed and others don't. So we need to see our role in the body of Christ and we need to encourage others to function as the body of Christ. Lord, thank you for uniting us in your spirit. Thank you for uniting us under the gospel and in your son. 
May we pour out our lives and pour out our hearts in service to you. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We hope wherever you are, this message encourages you to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com.